Well, it is lovely to be here. It's been a while. Um, I've been coming along to the Monday group, uh, which is lovely to have met them, but it's uh, great to be back with you all again. I thought before I get into the, the word today, I'd just give you a little bit of an update on the work that I do on the ships at Port Brionade Mouth Dock. So I'm the uh, chaplain there uh, for the Sailor Society. And over the last two years, two and a half years, uh, it's been quite a challenging time, really, because uh, the seafarers haven't been allowed to leave the ships. So if they've been on a, a nine-month contract, they once they've joined the ship, that's it. <laughs> They're not allowed to set foot on land again. So we thought we had problems with sort of being able to move around and that. But uh, imagine being on a ship and just staying on there. And, and actually, during the, the worst of the lockdowns, um, a lot of them weren't allowed to go home at nine months because there were, weren't any planes available and, uh, you know, the problems with vaccination. So there was no crew relief. So I met uh, quite a few seafarers who've gone well over a year being on a ship. And, you know, and particularly if you've got uh, these seafarers have got young families, um, how difficult is that? <laughs> you know, you're worried about your family back at home. And, um, you know, what that kind of means, are they okay? Uh, and if you've got young children, uh, you know, a year away, plus 14 months maybe, it was quite challenging for a lot of them. So my role was to go and support them because all the seafarer centres were shut uh, around the world. And so um, things like SIM cards for their phones uh, in order to contact their loved ones where did they get the sim cards from if they're not allowed to leave the ship so i would um, help them out with sim cards with wi-fi which i continue to do with clothes and stuff like that so it's quite a challenging time and then later on um lots of requests for things like um burgers <laughs> you know big macs and stuff like that you know i suddenly felt like a delivery driver uh you know all these orders coming out but we wanted to help them and something like a big mac made a, a, a difference to them because uh, they were sick of uh, the food on the ships and you know so i would go into mcdonald's and ask for 21 big macs please <laughs> they look at me like greedy <laughs> Um, you know, and even things like, you know, on one ship, the washing machine had packed up and the uh, Russian engineer asked if I could get a bearing for the washing machine. And I was thinking, you know, uh, can I do this? But um, I did. I was able to get the bearing and they were able to wash their clothes again. So there was lots of that going on. Um, one thing I struggled with myself is because I was going up onto the ships most of the times, but not inside. They obviously didn't want me inside the ship. And because uh, the seafarers were very late in getting vaccinated, nobody was taking any responsibility for that. So there was a risk for them. If you get COVID on a ship, it would take out the whole ship, really. So I couldn't go inside. And by not going inside, I couldn't have the kind of conversations that I wanted to. And to be able to listen to what was going on in their lives because obviously they were under a lot of stress uh, and um, when you're trying to talk to them outside the ship we're all, we've got masks on they're from overseas uh, it's noisy 
with all, all the machinery and the engines and you know you try and share the good news of the gospel by shouting <laughs> it doesn't really work very well but um i was able to always able to give out the gospel booklets and other uh, christian literature as well so i basically would say over to you god you need to kind of use these booklets to reach these guys but i met uh, a filipino seafarer recently though i have i've met him uh probably four times over about three years now and we um enjoyed each time we met and i met him recently he said he was struggling to go to sea again and he'd only just joined the ship and i said well why was it really difficult this time he said well my young son ezra is uh, at an age now where he can talk and i was explaining to him that daddy needs to go to work <laughs> in order to buy you presents and gifts and he was trying to make it easier uh for his son and his son said i don't want any more presents i don't want any more gifts i just want you to stay home daddy and as he's telling me the tears <laughs> are coming down he was really cut up about it because he was not going to see his son again for another nine months and the little boy's obviously going to change quite a bit in that time so it's really difficult but then he also uh leo also said to me um, but um, in recent times, I've joined a Bible study group and I've found Jesus in a real and exciting way. So he's, he was very you know, excited about it. Because I meet a lot of religious seafarers, uh, but not necessarily knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. And yet here was this guy just full of the joy of the Lord and how much he needed the Lord because it was a difficult job. Uh, you, you know, to leave his family and to earn that money. So there's lots of these things going on. We had a ship in recently that had two dead Russians on it. Uh, they got um, overcome with toxic fumes uh, in the ballast tanks and we've been helping them. So the ship's been detained for quite a while. Um, so there's lots of things going on and uh, lots of challenges in that. But my prayer is now things are opening up again. I'm back inside the ships where you can have a coffee and listen to each other. Um, there'll be many opportunities again to talk about the love of God and maybe even use the story of what's been going on with the Queen to just um, reach out to these seafarers. And I do value your prayer because it's really not about how clever I am. It's about me being open for the Holy Spirit to speak to these seafarers. And it goes... Uh, these ships come from all over the world, all nationalities. So it's a, you know, a wonderful opportunity to share that good news to, you know, across the nation. So please, you know, pray for, for the merchant seafarer who we rely upon uh, so much. So that kind of brings you a bit up to date. Time's marching on. <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, we're going to read from Psalm 71. I'm going to read it first. I'm going to read most of it, probably down to verse 21. And then see what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart about this particular passage. Psalm 71. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Rescue me and deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O oh my God, from the hand of the wicked, from the grasp of evil and cruel men. For you have been my hope, O oh sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. 
From my birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. I have become like a portent to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise, declaring your splendour all day long. Do not cast me away when I'm old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. For my enemies speak against uh, me. Those who wait to kill me conspire together. They say, God has forsaken him. Pursue him and seize him, for no one will rescue him. Be not far from me, O God. Come quickly, O my God, to help me. May my accusers perish in shame. May those who want to harm me be covered with scorn and disgrace. But as for me, I shall always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteousness, of your salvation all day long, though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvellous deeds. Even when I'm old and grey, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. Your righteousness reaches to the skies, O God. You have done great things. Who, O God, is like you? Though you have made me see troubles many and bitter, you will restore my life again. From the depths of the earth you will again bring me up. You will increase my power and comfort me once again. I think I'll leave it there. Let me just commit this to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word and we ask you again through the Holy Spirit that you would speak into our hearts and minds. We need to hear from you, Lord. We need to have our eyes open and our ears open to see and hear you. Lord God, help us so so that we may find you once again, that clarity of you in our lives, so that when we leave this building, we can say, we met with the living God. Uh, wasn't it good? Lord, bless us now and encourage us, we pray, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. I think the Lord laid this uh, passage on my heart. Is, and if you want to put a title to it, uh, I'll call it a psalm for old age. <laughs> but actually, it's a psalm for everybody today. But the Lord particularly has put it in my mind and in my heart for uh, you know for as we get older and um you may not think i'm particularly old uh when you look at me but i feel a lot older particularly when i uh tried to get off my bike earlier and felt me as if my hip was going to go out of joint <laughs> you know and things are a lot more difficult um you know my i had root canal stuff done in my tuff earlier in the week and that peeled me off the ceiling as he it a nerve a few times and all these things were like as I'm you know uh, you know I was, uh, I was out with some friends last night and we were talking about uh, me and my mate same age he's you know talking about it, hip trouble and this and that and all the rest of it and uh, you know old getting older isn't easy but what I was particularly finding uh, challenging you know my parents uh, my dad has Parkinson's and um, my mum has her trouble. But my dad, um, over the course of his life, was a, an amazing preacher, tra- travelled the world, very well respected, always a, a man who was very tall 
had a kind of air of authority about him, had a lot of white hair. Uh, he looked like one of these Texas, uh, uh, you know, American ranchers, you know, with his, you know, this white hair. And, um, yeah, just something about him that, you know, people used to look up to him and, and respect. But now he's very uh, frail. He's in his 80s, very frail, very forgetful and struggling with it all because it's gone on for years and it's going to carry on. So those two struggles, my mum struggles with looking after him and, you know, the things that she's dealing with. And as I go around different churches, I meet lots of wonderful people and I, you know, where's so-and-so, you know, at home, got, you know, got problems, you know, with their their health. And I get to see this quite often, people that I've uh, looked to, some of them got... um, Alzheimer's and stuff like that, you know, and don't really know who they are anymore. You know, wonderful Christians. And the more I kind of heard these things and uh, thought about it, you know, I wanted to know where the Lord was in it. And like I say, for myself, um, you know, I'm very forgetful anyway, extremely forgetful. I'm open to a reverse for me, and I'll actually get to remember more things as I get older. But... um, the late Norm, uh, Norman Wisdom. Do you remember Norman Wisdom? Yeah, I'd seen him in car- concert years ago. Funny guy. He said, as you get older, three things happen. First thing is, your memory goes. And he said, and the other two... I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a problem, isn't it? You know, I don't know about any of you guys. You know, whether you feel these things, you know... Maybe uh, there are things you used to do years ago um, and you were out there. Maybe you were serving the Lord and ministering, stuff like that. And now it's just sometimes it's a challenge just to get out of bed and all these things. And you wonder where, you know, where is God in all of this? And here we have the psalmist in verse 9 and verse 18. He says, do not cast me away when I'm old. Do not forsake me. When my strength is gone. And you can hear that cry uh, of uh, of the psalmist. He feels, you know, as if God would ever neglect anyone. But this is, uh, I think, a problem. It's certainly in an aging uh, nation where we may feel, (laughs) um, as we get older and as life becomes more of a struggle, you know, physically and probably in other ways, where is God in all of these things. And um, I strongly believe that, you know, God laid on my heart, hey, I've not finished with anyone. <laughs> I don't finish with anyone. I'm not like the world where you kind of get to that point where you've come to the end of your usefulness. It's not that, that way with God. He remains committed and loving to us. And I always think of a, a conversation I have with my three grown-up children when they were a bit younger. I said to them, look, You don't have to jump through hoops for me to get my love. I love you because you're mine, because you're my kids. And I want you to know that. Whatever you do, do, if you achieve things, we'll celebrate that together. But let's get this sorted (laughs) from the beginning. I love you because you are my children. And I feel so strongly that God loves us so much more than I love my children. And, you know, it's not like God's sort of saying, well, you can't really do much anymore and you're, you're in your house now, maybe, you know, you don't get out much and, and God takes his eyes off us. He's not like that. 
You know, God remains loving towards us and committed to us. Many years ago, uh, I was at Bible College, in fact, um, back in 1983. And while I was there, I was very naive about um, who, who, who these kind of godly people were that came in uh, to teach us as students. But one of them was a, a guy called Alan Redpath, who's uh, a well-known, uh, he was a well-known theologian, a pastor, uh, an author, an evangelist. He did many different things. And um, he was old, right? And they would have to help him up on, onto the stage, <laughs> a couple of people. And he'd get behind the lectern and he'd hold on to the lectern. And then he'd go, oh, the Holy Spirit's coming, it's coming. And you could just see that passion as he began to teach the word of God. Just flowed out of him. And I was very aware his body was actually failing him in in old age. But the spirit was alive and God was using him still. And as a young man, I remember thinking, I want to be like this guy (laughs) when I'm older. You know, I want to have that passion And later on in life, I found out that Alan Repath did suffer on and off with depression, which I was surprised about because uh, he was such a a godly man. But it showed me some some reality there. You know, even people like that suffer. And in one of his books, uh, Alan Repath said, the Christian life doesn't get easier as one gets older. And I thought, well, I need to know that. Because there's that kind of feeling where you get enter into old age, particularly if you've lived a long Christian life, you follow Christ all your life, get to old age, there's that kind of feeling that you should be above all these troubles that come along. You know, if there's a storm, you just it's no problem, you deal with it. And I think because it becomes a struggle, then you suddenly start feeling guilty. You know, I should be like this, you know, I should be able to deal with all these things. But actually, the truth of the matter is, life still is difficult for many people. Now, what am I going to get to in all of this? Well, the Lord's laid on my heart three um, thoughts of encouragement, really. uh, It's for all of us, this message. uh, But particularly, um, you know, something we can keep in our hearts and minds as we get older. Three uh, useful thoughts. First is, the Lord helps us now. Verse 1 to 4. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. God's always available. And I've found this such a help over the years. I've uh, been in all sorts of places. I've jumped out a plane at 15,000 feet. I don't like heights. And I certainly knew God was there. (laughs) because <laughs> I was praying <laughs> and I just felt, you know, well, God, you know, uh, you need to be with me. I've done um, potholing. I've been underground, not particularly keen on tight spaces either and been stuck underground for quite a while because, you know, being in a very small hole, God was there uh, with me. But over the, you know, over the years in all sorts of <coughs> trials and difficulties, I've worked in a building trade for many years and um, just remember, even uh, as I'm working away and I'd be chopping, you know, um, s- sockets out in the walls and be dust everywhere. And you've got the mask and the head, head uh, ear protectors on and that. Just praying and knowing that in that all that dust and that confusion, God was there. 
And I think we, we just need to know that today, especially with all that's going on with, um, you know, with energy prices going up, inflation, uh, morality and ethics. Where is that all gone? Uh, and, you know, we've lost our wonderful queen. And you could be sat in your house thinking, where is it all going? Where is it all going to end up? And we need to be reminded today that God is our rock, our refuge to which we can always go. He's always available, always there. He's waiting for us just to call upon his name. I find that wonderful. It gives me hope. It gives me encouragement to know I can turn to him in an instant. Wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, God is there ready to respond to our prayers. That's the first thing. The Lord helps us right now. Secondly, the Lord has helped us in the past. I think this is absolutely lovely. There's a temptation, or in a way, it's like an, almost like an influence. That don't look back. That's all gone. You just look forward. But I think actually it's quite helpful, particularly for those of us who are Christians, to count our blessings and name them one by one. <laughs> you know, we're very qu- we forget very quickly, don't we? You know, stuff that God's done for us in the past, and we're we're just dealing with the you know what's happening now. But actually, um, I remember I was born, uh, my, my parents were at uh, Moreland's Bible College in Dawlish. And uh, my mum told me that um, they wrote on the, the blackboard, uh, it's a boy. <laughs> and from a, a young age, I was told that people were praying for me, which is lovely. Um, when, as I got older, I became a bit of a pain from my parents. So we went to an inner city school in Bristol and ended up getting involved in things I shouldn't be involved with, trouble and stuff like that. And there was an old lady in my church, very godly lady, and she would uh, tell my mum, don't you worry about Stephen, you know, uh, I'm praying for him. God's got his hand upon him. And, you know, even though I wasn't aware of it, (laughs) you know, I was off doing my own thing, um, God was working in my life. And in fact, the, the, the psalm says here in verse uh, 5 and 6, For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From my birth I have relied upon you. There's that kind of temptation to think that God showed up in our lives just when we invited him in, which is obviously vitally important. And that, but actually God was there in the beginning, I find that very comforting. It wasn't like I came knocking on God's door and he was like, oh, hello, I didn't notice you there. <laughs> you know, and you had, to, you had to introduce yourself to him. No, God knew us when we were in our mother's womb. I find that very comforting, very assuring that God was on my case way before I had any knowledge of his presence. And we need to count our blessings, don't we? Think back, you know, even if today, think, no, today's difficult. I'm concerned about what's going on. But think back, that journey that you've had, maybe it's a short journey, but be reassured that God was already, already there. Even if for many years you didn't have any knowledge or understanding of him, he was there even when you were in your mother's womb. So 
The Lord helps us now. Praise God. We've got somebody we can, we can turn to today. And we've just heard John was saying about uh, God is seated on the throne. Though, though we've lost a wonderful queen, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is still on the throne. <laughs> He's never going to pass away. He's always going to remain into eternity, um, our God and King. That's very ensuring. So the Lord helps us in the past. And finally, so that's encouraged a lot of you already, isn't it? The Lord, finally, the Lord would help us in the future. Verse 14 to 21. Do not cast me away when I'm old. Do not forsake me when my strength is gone. And I'm getting myself ready. (laughs) That's what I'm doing, you know, because... Like I said, I've met so many people that even with the, as much as they try, life becomes or has become quite difficult as they've gotten to old age. Maybe they've lost a loved one and now they're on their own and, you know, and, 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 it, and it's difficult. But the Lord um, is reminding us today that he is still here and he will remain in our lives uh, right the way through, uh, to, you know, to when we pass away and into eternity. I'm going to say something a little bit random. You know that story where Jesus was on the, uh, the boat in the Lake of Galilee and there's a storm. We, I love that story, you know, where Jesus calms the storm and everything's all calm again. But some while ago, the Lord just kind of prompted me to look at the, the little bit of passage where... Uh, before they before they got into the boat, Jesus said to the disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Then he got in the boat and we know the rest of the story. And it just dawned on me, uh, you know, because Jesus, we know, was asleep in the boat. There was a storm and the disciples woke him up, you know, don't you care sort of thing. But when Jesus said, let's go in the boat and let's... Uh, go to the other side of the lake. As far as he was concerned, that's where they were going. If the storm came along, and that didn't make, make any difference, they were going to get to the other side of the lake. So he had absolute confidence in God the Father. So he, he was asleep. Uh, so he said, well, what's that got to do with us? <laughs> well, I believe that God, when we give our lives to Jesus, he makes a promise <laughs> that one day we will raise again to be with him. In effect, we're going across a, a big, the lake of life, you know. Uh, and yes, there are going to be storms and there are going to be difficulties. But God has made a promise that one day we will get to the other side of the lake and we will rise again to be with him. That's a, a wonderful promise. So even in the midst of this uncertainty that we have in the world at the moment, if we belong to Jesus... And we've been hearing about the anchors. We have an anchor in him. Our future, our destiny is secure in him, in the King of Kings. The psalmist says in verse 14, But as for me, I shall always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Now, this isn't a hope which the world is familiar with, like, oh, I hope it doesn't rain, especially I got my motorbike today. I hope it doesn't rain, uh, or, you know, and all these kind of things. Uh, or I hope the uh, energy costs don't go right up through the roof and things like that. The hope we have in God is a hope which is certain, oh, yeah. absolutely certain. 
But as for me, I shall have, always have hope. The Lord today is encouraging us. You know, wherever we are, we may be very young, but maybe, you know, for a number here, advancing in years. And the Lord is reminding you again that he, he is our help today. He's our help today, our ever-present help in times of trouble. He was, our, he was our help in the past. Let's count our blessings. Name them one by one. Let's just think what, how we've got to here today. All that God has done for us and the fact that he was with us even when we were in our mother's womb and when we were born and in our youth. And also, praise God, he will be with us in our future. That is the good news to, for each one of us today. God wants to encourage you. We need encouragement, don't we? There's so much going on, and that is found in Jesus Christ. Let me close in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for the, the, the Bible where everything's in there. Warts and all. And there we have that uh, psalmist saying, you know, don't discard me when I get old. Don't forsake me when I'm old and grey. And that kind of, you can feel that fear and that anxiety. But you've put it in there to remind us that you're a God who doesn't forget his children. Never takes his eyes off his children. And that you've made a promise that we will rise again to be with you in, in, in glory. Father God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, will you encourage everybody here today? Lift up their hearts, open their eyes to see that wonderful hope that you are seated on the throne. And though Queen Elizabeth has passed away, you will remain on that throne and you will uh, welcome us into heaven to be with you. Lord, if there's anybody here today who doesn't know you, doesn't have that confidence because they're not the, one of your children, then, Lord, I pray that they would speak to somebody today to say, how can I simply, how can I enter into the family of God? How can I be forgiven? How can I have that assurance found only in Jesus Christ? And we can lead them through a simple prayer. Lord, encourage us, we pray. Bless this church, Union Chapel, bless them, Lord, and encourage them. Each individual, you know everybody here, Lord God. You know what goes on in their lives. You know the, the storms and the trials. You know it all. And you love each of those people. Encourage them, we pray in your precious name. Amen. Amen.